Welcome to the Eat Local Central New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and in this week's episode, it's our return from our time off, our break, our month-long departure from podcast recording. But in this week's episode, to kick things off for the next season, I'm sitting down talking with the one, the only, Tim Shore, partner in Brewmaster over at Buried Acorn Brewery. Sat down with Tim about two weeks ago and got a chance to talk with him. Stopped in on a Saturday morning. Uh, was able, he was you know, gracious enough to interrupt a brew session and sit down with me before they opened up in the tap room over there at Buried Acorn on Hiawatha Boulevard and chat with me about who he is and who they are and what they're doing and all the fun stuff that we typically talk about on the podcast with our guests. And so I hope you enjoy the episode. That's really it. Uh, kicking things off again, you know, we, we went strong there for about 22 episodes, took a break off for that, you know, month and a half in the summer. What was it like half July, whole month of August, something like that. Just because there's so much going on in August as it is, and not that people don't listen to podcasts in the summer or anything along those lines, but I just thought it would be cool to take that time off reschedule a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of interviews, and then go from there with a more well-thought-out, I don't know if that makes sense, with a well-thought-out planned attack for guests and who we have coming up. So for some future episodes, I've got Alex from Amano. I have Tim from The Taylor and the Cook. Uh, just to mention those two, uh, talking to a bunch of other people, and I'm really excited about the episodes and interviews that we're going to have coming up in the near future. Uh, Some things that have changed over the last month and a half. Well, the new Eat Local CMY card, the second edition of the Eat Local CMY card is now out. It's available for purchase. It doesn't take effect until October 1st, but the second edition of the card is going to start from October 1st this year to end of December next year. If you don't know what it is, it's $20. It's to buy the card, it's a $5 reusable coupon that works at over 100 locally owned restaurants all across central New York. So whenever you go into one of these participating restaurants, you spend $25 more, you show your card, you get $5 off your bill, and bam, you can use it as many times as you want. It doesn't expire until next September. And I'm really excited for the second edition. We've added a couple awesome things, you know, as... And anything, Eat Local, we've been in business for about four years now, three and a half years. And we've switched things up a couple times. We finally found what we're going in at, uh, which is this card to try and promote and push uh, you to go out and visit locally on restaurants more frequently. Uh, Hopefully you do that because you can save money now. And so, uh, yeah, so we're doing this. And, you know, the first year did it. A couple things I wanted to change out of the gates and some things that we changed with this card. One of them being is it's big deal to me. Maybe it's a small deal to others, but it's that card. It's a card holder backer that it goes on. And so a couple things that I'm hoping will happen is a that it'll make it more attractive to have it for sale at some big stores that are represented in the area, like a Wegmans or Burn Dairy or stuff like that. And on the back, it also gives instructions on how it works and where to find the participating restaurant list tells you where to connect with us online and it also very importantly tells you that we chose helping hounds dog rescue is our charity this year and what that means is that for every card sale that we have of the second edition we donate 20 percent of that sale to go support helping hounds dog rescue it's charity rebecca and i love very much it's where we got buddy who is our rescue. He's our puppy. He's just over a year old. And we got him back in January and just absolutely love him. And um, so we wanted to help him out. And it comes at a good time for them because they're doing a new building project and just, yeah, really excited about that. So you can head over to eatlocalcmy.com, purchase your card. We'll mail it out to you. And then you can start saving money when you go out to eat at locally owned restaurants. Uh, Some other good, exciting news. We have now rented a studio space here at the Delavan Center. It's where I'm actually recording this intro right now. Uh, I, you know, I work for Cafe Kubal and their headquarters where I work. They have this 
great big building and the second floor is where we record where I produce the, the podcast for Cafe Kubal. And so I was using that space to do our podcast and, you know, I just wanted to have my own space to be able to do more things and kind of have an office to work out of. And so that led me to look for this space and we have this gorgeous spot here at the Delavan Center and uh, this is our first little thing we're recording here. So next week we kick off our weekly interviews and they're all going to be held here and uh, just really excited to have it. So we're going to do some photography classes, some social media classes for businesses on, you know, teaching if you're listening, new restaurant owners or managers or whomever, uh, some tips and tricks on how to uh, up your social game and get more customers in your door. We're going to be holding those classes here at the studio. So um, if you're going to be a part of those things, then you'll be able to come down and take a look and check it out. But I'm really excited to have it. And another big thing is we have a sponsor now for the podcast, and that is Sriracha Cues. A lot of you know exactly who they are. Some of you don't. But they just launched a pretty cool subscription box. And I'm excited for it because it's, well, I love Sriracha Q's hot sauce. They were one of the first businesses to jump on with the Eat Local CMY card back when we first started it. And uh, so really excited to have them on as a sponsor. Their Sriracha box is the club for foodies who love heat, flavor, and Syracuse. Now you can enjoy a taste of hometown heat and flavor delivered to your doorstep no matter where you live. Each Sriracha box features popular sauces from Sriracha Q's and includes favorites like Maple Garlic, Maple Ghost, Empire Beer, Recess Coffee, Syracuse Wing, and Spicy Barbecue Sauces, along with spicy specialty foods from all local Syracuse, New York artisans. Head over to srirachabox.com today to get your hands on a Sriracha Box subscription. That's S-Y-R... A-C-H-A box.com, S-Y-R-A-C-H-A box.com. It's a great business to support people, and it's never too early to start thinking about your holiday gifts. So head over to srirachabox.com and get your hands on that subscription box today. Without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Tim Shore from Buried Acorn. doing this i feel like i should have some sort of a level of knowledge in these areas you know instead of just kind of getting on instagram and being like this beer is good uh look at that pretty girl holding this beer yeah that must be delicious (laughs) yeah uh yeah exactly influencers Right. I'm yeah. going to start a, a beer influencer with me, um, like in a, a tank top, like <laughs> flexing my dad bod, holding but, a can. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. It will. No, uh, it won't. <laughs> it might. You don't know. Uh, yeah. Right. Maybe if that was like the logo of one of the, uh, you know, that was like your graphic of one of your cans. Oh, we've got some pretty wild ideas yeah. coming up. Oh, some pretty cool. inappropriate things. <laughs> Hopefully it won't offend any marine animals. As a business owner, what do you think about Instagram influencers? Um, you know, there's a bit of a, a discussion right now about... Um, diversity in beer yeah and how it's pretty much just uh white bearded men yeah and um there's also those instagram influencers that uh cater to the uh maybe uh visceral urge of mm-hmm. white bearded men yeah you know, pretty girls holding a can of beer and um there's a lot of discussion around that being inappropriate mm-hmm. and uh i kind of lean on the side of uh that being inappropriate yeah and um because it, it doesn't really have anything to do with beer. And as we strive yeah. to be more diverse and, and invite more people into uh, the world of, you know, crazy amounts of beers, uh, I think that that is the opposite of mm-hmm. it. And it's pretty much exclusion yeah. um, of uh, everybody else, um, which I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it. Yeah, for sure. But I, but I am going to make one of myself <laughs> uh, in, in yeah. erotic poses, near nudity, holding a <laughs> can of yeah. beer. Like the... Uh, uh, Remember the post at Tom, like, um, geez, why am I blanking? Uh, Paul Valenti and Tommy Lincoln and Michael John Haggerty did those, uh, like, um, dude war shots. Did you see those? They put them out, like, around Thanksgiving or Christmas last year. And basically each one, it's like a, oh, it's like a flat lay. You know, they're laying on the ground. And 
Uh, each one of them is naked, but they're being covered up by things that they're involved with. So I'm pretty sure Michael John was like covered up by photoshopped potatoes and Paul was covered up by photoshopped donuts and things like that. So 10,000 likes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think um, it did blow up. But as a tool for marketing, um, Instagram and, and Facebook and social media in general, which those are the only two that we do. Um, yeah. Although I heard we have a Twitter, but I'm not quite sure about that. I don't yeah. do much of it. But um, those are really cool ways to connect uh, with your with your yeah. customers. Uh, with, because um, when I'm here brewing, like today I'm brewing, Andy and I are brewing our Wild Sour IPA. Mm. And, uh, you know, we can show the different processes that we use. And um, I think people find that kind of interesting, at yeah. least a small group of people. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're trying to reach, you know. Yeah. And you reach them in a really kind of a authentic kind of way. Uh, at least the origin of the ideas, you know, uh, but then you post a picture of a dog and you get a lot of, uh, yeah. a lot of people that are interested, which is great. Yeah. People like dogs way more than they like people. Especially on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, having to sell something and get people into a business from an Instagram post, uh, dogs usually don't convert well when it comes to getting somebody to actually buy something. Especially food. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They this just, is dog food. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. Restaurants. I could see how that could be a, a thing, but we, we do a lot of, um, dog centric kind of like centered yeah. events uh, uh fundraisers for uh different um you know rescues yeah. and we have a um a dog park here which helps yeah. to you know kind of push that um and um i don't know it does pretty well for us yeah was there what was the decision to do that where people just bring in their dogs yeah because we um we don't serve food yeah uh, we do have food trucks mm -hmm. but uh on a schedule of wednesday friday saturday but um we don't necessarily um uh have any like food like kitchen we don't have a kitchen or anything like that yeah just a brewery so we can we can have dogs in here yeah um, okay cool and because uh, the food truck is separate and it's outside yeah so so we bring dogs bring dogs in and then um people really uh we're love it, loving it yeah um and then we're just kind of thinking let's fence in an area for people can play with their dogs and then mm. it just kind of steamrolled it out of control and, yeah, and then we open a patio next to it, and we're gonna put in a stage for rock bands, um, cool. which will be uh, rock and roll dog park. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Uh, but yeah. uh, it's, people have a lot of fun with it. You know, That's even cool. if they could just come on a Tuesday night, yeah. have one beer, throw a frisbee, and peace out. You know? Right. So it's, it's cool. I, lo I do love seeing the progression of places of businesses that like are growing and expanding and just adding things on like that. Um, you know, we, I drive by here a lot because we actually take our dog to daycare right around the corner. Oh, yeah. I drive by there every single day. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's just like every time that I come by here, you know, especially when you're building like the dog park and the patio, it's just it's really nice to kind of see that progression of a local business. Yeah, we've been reinvesting quite a bit in the uh, in the place, getting, yeah. getting things up to speed. I mean, the goal to open was just to open, yeah. you know, and, and once we got op our doors open, it kind of. We had started to get you know more creative with with uh, what we wanted to do, and we we also wanted to see what the interest was, you mm -hmm. know, in, in something like that. And um, yeah. you know, it was it, it was good. So, um, yeah, we just I don't know, keep putting stuff in. <laughs> so I mean, what, we're putting in a water park on the other side. Oh, are you? Yeah, we're we're gonna have um, water slides, and then there's a roller coaster going in, <laughs> um, merry-go-round, um, and. Um, yeah, no, it's gonna it's gonna be cool, yeah. like a whole a whole huge amusement park <laughs> over here. Everybody should come down now and you know buy beer, so that way they can see that progression. Right, they should buy a lot of beer so they can watch us build the water park yeah. next door. And if you buy enough, it'll get built faster. There really is a uh, uh, a gym going in behind us, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. oh, it has really? nothing to do with us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's a gym and like um, indoor soccer place. Oh, that's which cool. Which be pretty fun. There's a lot yeah. of stuff going in around this around this yeah. area. A lot of development. Yeah, they're putting a UFC themed bar over there. Yeah, across yeah, from yeah. The parking orange. Uh huh. And it's uh, they just finished the masonry on it, and uh, it's shaped like uh, the ring that they use. Oh, the it's octagon. an octagon. Yeah. Right? The whole building is shaped like an octagon. Yeah, I see that twice a week, and I haven't even recognized that yet. <laughs> so yeah, I know, I, I know that they were doing it because they came over here to grab a couple cases of beer. Um, yeah. Our landlord is, is the landlord for that oh, property cool. as well. Okay. So, uh, and uh, they came over to grab a couple cases of beer for the Masons because it was like 100 degrees out when mm -hmm. they were doing it. And this was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I was driving by a couple of days ago, and I looked at it, and I was like, Oh, they made it like an octagon. <laughs> it's like, I bet you that was on purpose. I yeah. don't think that like it's crooked. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about that, but um, yeah. I've had those guys in here a bunch, and uh, we've talked about um, a couple of neat little, 
beer cans that are going to oh, cool. be in correlation with um, their, their, their spot. So oh, that's awesome. It's something we really believe in um, is kind of um, cooperating with a bunch of uh, yeah. other different uh, breweries, restaurants, um, dog rescues. Yeah. Um, radio stations, um, every, everybody in the community, because beer is really uh, the community's drink. You know, yeah. you know? And uh, we, we like to reach out and do uh, you know, collaborations with other breweries, uh, which we do a lot of. And um, I, think, uh, I think that's um, very fun to do, and it's also inspiring. Like, um, we've, uh, we, we just did a blend off our barrels with uh, the Evergreen downtown, the bar. Oh, cool. And um, so we got this blend going, and uh, we packaged it about a month ago. It'll be ready for their anniversary nice. in uh, September, but uh, I think... No, 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 it's later than that. Okay. Whatever it is, yeah. I'm going up. Uh, I forgot. Uh, it's um, so we, we got that coming out, and then we're doing a, a, a raw beer, hmm. uh, which is a Lithuanian style raw beer that hmm. um, you bake the mash in a wood fired oven. Wow. Um, we're doing that with uh, Eden nice. downtown because yeah, I awesome. got the new wood fired spot there, yeah. and um, they did the Viking brunch event here. Yeah. So it's been really cool to pair with. Um, Everything from farms, which we um, get a lot of uh, foraged ingredients from our mm. uh, my my brother's farm down in Newfield, New York. Okay, uh, called Stonebend. Yeah, it's Stonebend uh, Bed and Breakfast Farm. Uh, it's pretty pretty neat. A uh, yeah. little spot to go and just wander and mm. grab some yarrow or goldenrod or yeah. targon or whatever whatever you find. Uh, we got a bunch of blackberries last week for a collaboration oh. we're doing with um, Prison City. Um, wow. and, uh, that that'll be out in a couple of months. That's also a barrel aged uh, version of our uh, dark saison. Mm. And so, yeah, collaborate, collaborating with a whole bunch of different spots around town to do events and do uh, different beers and stuff and inspired yeah. by, like, what they do, you know. So that's kind of like what we've been doing, reaching out and all that. I'm really curious, and I want to ask questions about the inception of and how you got into beer, but you just mentioning, like, all the collabs and things, like, with Evergreen and all that. I'm wondering, just from, like, a business standpoint, um, so I work for a cafe, Kubal, and uh, just coming up on just a year. Uh, so that's like my nine to five. And I do most of our wholesale for coffee. And then I also run the social media. And I noticed that like if I, there's a few restaurants where we make a specific blend or roast for them. And so like a pizza uh, is one of them. Like their blend is their logos right on the bag. And I've just found like that works better uh, for to like try and get a pizza, for example, or whomever it is. Um, granted, that happened before my time there, but like that just helps better if you go to a restaurant and say like, "Hey, here's a coffee that we made for you, and it has your logo on it." Do you kind of go into it with that mind, like that mindset, if you're like doing the collab with Evergreen uh, or anybody? Are you thinking like, "What if I go out to this restaurant and slap their logo on this label and say this is your beer?" You think? Like, do you guys put that kind of a business mindset into it, or is it just kind of fun collabs that you're doing? Um, I think it's in everything. Um, okay. The origin of the idea um, always comes from kind of just an organic conversation. That's cool. And then, um, you know, I, I, yeah, you start talking about different beers, different flavors, and, um, hey, we should do this beer because you guys do this wood-fired thing, and there's mm -hmm. this beer I want to do, but I don't have an oven of any kind. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe we could do the bake the mash, bring it down to your restaurant, bake the mash, bring it back. That's how that kind of um, yeah. came into play. And then hmm. the Viking brunch that um, Eden did here was um, just, we were talking about um, Norway. I'm really into like Scandinavian uh, beer culture. Okay. And um, Norwegian ale yeast is something that we use in, in all of, almost all of our beers. Okay. Um, and uh, they were like, oh, we, were, we had this idea to do this like Viking like brunch thing. And hmm. I was like, well, that, that works. So that's kind of yeah. how that started. And then, um, uh, like, um, in collaboration with the farm, we're just down there looking around, looking for ingredients, and yeah. they're like, oh, we've got a whole bunch of extra honey, and I'm like, oh, it's mm -hmm. perfect, because it's real light honey, so we did a honey saison and barrel-aged that for a year, and then wow. released that, and then we, they also did um, a pressing of a bunch of the apples on their farm, so we got a bunch of cider, barrel-fermented it, then blended it with that saison to make wow. a graph. Um, so it kind of just come out of, um, you know, a... Uh, just kind of organic, like naturally occurring conversations that you have with like-minded people. Yeah. But at the same time, um, when you get behind it with social media and like promoting it, yeah, you promote it just on both sides of the businesses and um, that helps each other's businesses. Um, I'm not sure how much, yeah. um, but uh, you know, in some, uh, depending on the magnitude, have a very uh, large uh, noticeable impact and, mm -hmm. and some kind of just sneak through 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. like kind of under the radar. Like we did a lager with uh, Woodland Farm Brewery yeah. uh, out in Marcy, mm-hmm. uh, collab. We did it here, and uh, it does really well, but it's a lager, so it's just kind of quiet. Yeah. It quietly does well. Um, and then there's um, mm-hmm. really... Um, the collaboration Autonomous Collective, which was a collaboration yeah. between 15 Syracuse breweries. That was a good beer. Yeah, that, that was like um, a huge thing, and it was very quickly consumed yeah. in just a few days. Um, and uh, so that, that um, as a result of just kind of 15 different organizations and the newspaper and the news all kind of hmm. getting behind it, and um, that really drives local businesses. I mean, that's really helpful to be able to sell out of, uh, you know, a portion of beer for the weekend. Yeah, uh, for and, sure. You know, it's good exposure. People who go to different spots, like, because we were out, so they, you know, I was like, oh, go down to Talking Cursive mm-hmm. or go over to Gordon Beers because they both have some on the left, and this was like on Sunday after yeah. after it released on Saturday, you know, so yeah. uh, people were scrambling to get in, and that's really exciting for Syracuse beer, and yeah. uh, I think we are in a really special time yeah uh this is similar to something i experienced in chicago okay about 12 years ago um and uh it was where just there's 17 breweries opening in this Hmm. quarter you know the next quarter there's 20 and um over three years there's like 200 breweries now open you know Hmm. And, and it was very exciting to see everybody just get so pumped about drinking beer made down the street yeah you know and so that happened in chicago back when you were there yeah so and and then in san diego like in the nineties, you know, like, you know, like late nineties. And, and, uh, it, it kind of, uh, it just takes local businesses to another level. You know, it it really gets people pumped about drinking and eating and, you know, like getting stuff locally, you know, yeah, for sure. Uh, We try and source, um, as much of our ingredients as we can from, from local, uh, sources, Mm -hmm. um, both um, at our farm down in Newfield and also uh, through different monsters in New York State yeah. and, and different hop growers in New York State are really um, both um, starting to produce a lot of volume that is helpful. And then also uh, the quality is just going up really, yeah. really, really quickly and, and, and from season to season. Mm-hmm. Um, hop growing is, is, is a very, I don't know much about it except for the results that we get. Yeah. Um, but um, it's a very uh, long process to, to really get um, you know, really high quality hops out of the ground. Uh, years it takes about three years to even get just a full yield. Wow. Um, from a from something you mm. put in, and then even then, um, you gotta steer it to <laughs> be the quality, the the different types of uh, you know features that you want from it. So, yeah. um, but that's all I really know about it. Yeah. <laughs> but it is coming along and it's doing very very well. That's cool. Uh, Tell me a little bit about, I mean, I know you're in Chicago and you're in the beer industry there, correct? Right. So I, I grew up here. Um, I was traveling as a musician for about 10 years oh. and then um, kind of just ended up in Chicago as like um, uh, my home uh, for that month. And yeah. I just kind of stayed there and then uh, started working in the beer industry uh, as a bartender, just yeah. kind of bouncing around and then um, started to get a little more curious about um you know, like what's making beer, you know, and I had made yeah. beer before, but not really, um, more like rubbing alcohol in a, <laughs> in a bucket in the basement. So it was a gift for like my birthday and I left it for like six months before I even tried it. Oh, I had wow. no idea how to make beer, but, um, and then, and then further down the road, like I started working in the back of house and I'm um, okay. just kind of poking my head in and, um, you know, got into you know, the brewing side, yeah. uh, that way, uh, which was really neat to just, really immediately be exposed to professional brewing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I brewed at home, um, you know, was, uh, you know, like the same time. Um, and I really, um, got into brewing, um, different sour and wild beers. Um, and cause I just really liked, um, beers like Jolly Pumpkin, which is really available okay. out there. Um, and I, I just thought it was so weird. And, and then, um, a bunch of Belgian imports that I didn't really understand, but before there was craft beer, cause I'm 41 years old mm-hmm. before there was craft beer, it was, you had import beer, right. And Saranac, right. you know, yeah, sure. uh, which is great, but, um, and dogfish had to, but, but it wasn't very widespread. Right. Um, yeah. But imports were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, you could get Creek and, no yeah. problem. Now it's very hard to find. You yeah. know? Uh, Cantillon, you, you have to ask the guy behind the counter and you got to be <laughs> his buddy to get, you know, um, and uh, there's, you're going to get one bottle. Right. Uh, and, and so um, anyways, from from there, um, we decided that my, my well, that we wanted to open a brewery, but well, my brother-in-law and myself. OK. And uh, we, we looked at southwest Michigan and um, we were trying we tried a couple towns over there. We just couldn't. Um, 
get through the red tape. Mm-hmm. Is that red tape? Red colored yeah, tape red, is yeah. the stuff that you can't get through, right? Yeah, like right. when it's legislation and stuff. So yeah. we had just struggles. Um, and How, uh, was that like just like trying doing paperwork, like even trying to get just going to the town and saying we want to open a brewery here, okay. and they're like, well, we don't have the. Um, a lot of the times they don't have an infrastructure wastewater wise, you know, gotcha. like because uh, a brewery our size has a fair amount of uh, wastewater. I'll leave yeah. it at that. I don't want to say too much. Yeah, right. <laughs> publicly, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, just the uh, you know electricity and everything is not you know like three phase on certain streets and because yeah. uh, you know Southwest Michigan is is quite rural uh, town, small little towns along the water, um, and so we we ended up not um, doing that. We wanted to do it in Chicago, but we thought ah, there's there's already 32 breweries here. Yeah. I don't know if it's like, that's kind of a saturated market, <laughs> right? This is like eight years ago. Yeah, we, we don't want to. And then like now there's 200, yeah. you know? <laughs> so in like three years later, there was 200. Yeah. We're like, well, maybe we were wrong. There's, a show, there's a show on Netflix about it. Uh, it's, oh. it's called Easy. It's not, the whole season or series is not about beer making, but it's these like different stories of different people, characters in each episode. And, um, and so you just kind of get like a snapshot of these characters' lives. And in one of them, there's these two brothers who start their own brewery. Like, they just home, one home brews in his garage. Oh, Gabe from, Revol- uh, Gabe from uh, Half Acres on that show. I, oh, is he I really? didn't see it, but I heard he telling you about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah, it's like, and that came out, you know, three years, two or three years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I saw, I saw Half Acre grow from a brewery a tenth my size okay. to being like one of the bigger ones in, in yeah. Chicago, you know, which is pretty substantial considering yeah. Rev's there and yeah. Lagunitas is there. You know? Yeah. Um, um, so anyways, how I got here, um, had a, a child and another one on the way. Mm. So why not, you know, throw our life savings into my <laughs> minimal life savings into a, a, a brewery and, you know, start a business that takes up all of your time yeah that's a great idea when you're having children right (laughs) and so uh at the same time we we were kind of uh at a point in uh chicago that uh my wife's family was um kind of um leaving the area Mm -hmm. for uh their like big life endeavors and so we were kind of like well nobody lives here anymore so we had friends and stuff but we didn't have much family there and uh so we decided to look here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we came here, um, we had noticed there was a couple of small breweries open up. This is probably about five years ago. Okay. We had noticed there was a couple of uh, small breweries that are just opening up and um, doing an awesome job. And like, we could see that it was like primed, you know, yeah. you go to the grocery store and all you see is stale beer. Yeah. And that's not like, that's an area that we can like really make an impact. Yeah. And, and the idea of coming home to be with my family, which was really a good thing because um, like I said, I grew up here and I, we have a pretty extensive family here. Um, so I ended up um, just kind of looking around and mm. seeing that there was a, a really exciting opportunity here to, to, to you know, yeah. fire off a, a brewery. And uh, so we spent the next couple, oh, about a year, looking for property. And we, we got um, a property, and then we lost it. And then we got another property, and then the town wouldn't let us do it. Oh, and then we moved uh, over here, and um, we are kind of looking around like, well, there's nothing over here. I mean, the mall is 500 feet away, yeah. but uh, it's over a bridge. And and, right. and on this side, it's like, oh, there's like, oh, okay, well, let's do it. You know, I, I know a lot of success stories of breweries going into like really industrial areas and, and mm. doing just fine. So yeah. Uh, like, yeah, we make a beer that people will come over here. And, yeah. and then also there's um, a fair amount of development going into this yeah. area. Not a fair amount, like nearly a billion dollars of development going yeah. into this area between um, the new housing over here on Van mm-hmm. and all the retail going in there. There's actually another brewery going in over there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and so there's there's a convention center being built here or something. Yeah. I mean, it's all hearsay. Who knows? Bass yeah. Pro Shops. But um, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people interested in, 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 you know, building this area up. So we figured we'd get into this area before it got really ugly with all the corporate yeah. So we're here and on island, basically. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, uh, it's very good, though. It, we, yeah. we, we do just all right. So, so um, then, I don't know, we opened the brewery. Is that all? No, it took, us about, <laughs> it took us about 18 months to get a building permit. So that was another two wow. years, basically, uh, before we were open. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, man, it's been hitting the ground running since, man. Well, awesome. Since we opened, like, we had no idea, like, the amount of growth that we would see. Yeah. Like, our growth is just 
unimaginable. Like we 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 look at our projections of like what we're gonna do for like the first year. We're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah. Like, and then we look at it. It's like twenty fold. <laughs> like I guess we were kind of wrong. <laughs> Which is it's great. That's awesome. Uh, it sounds great, and you're yeah. laughing, but inside I'm imploding oh, because I'm sure. funding growth like that is impossible, yeah. especially in wholesale margins. Um, so we're just like constantly like under this like. You know, obviously, like, craft beer in New York State uh, blew up, um, especially, like, over the last three years. And there's still more, you know, like the place over there that's opening breweries that are popping up all the time. I mean, what are your opinions on that when it comes to, like, so many? I mean, you experience it in Chicago, but what are your opinions on so many craft breweries popping up at the same time in such a small area? Um, so very interesting the way that this works in the two markets that I've, I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, so when you have one brewery in a town, Mm -hmm. people know that brewery or two, maybe even three, they go to that brewery and, and what have you. But when you got a brewery opening up like every six months, Mm -hmm. which is what it's been like for the past five years, um, you got one brewery opening up. That's in a neighborhood, um, let's say downtown, like talking cursive. When yeah. this is a very specific example, when they opened up, people came in here and said, "Oh, I went over to talking cursive and I didn't know what it was. It was a brewery, so I tried the beer. It was great. They never had craft beer really before, mm. you know. Then like Saranac and which is great stuff, but they didn't realize that this whole like world around surrounding you know really small craft breweries. Yeah. And they come in here because they're like, oh, so we wanted to check out some more craft breweries." Um, on co-fermentations down, uh, uh, down south there, they, there was the same experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people went in there and they said, oh, you know, because, you know, they, they had, uh, you know, maybe never experienced before. Yeah. And, they, and they went in there and they said, oh, and then they came here mm-hmm. and they came to, all, you know, in that the same time, they go to all the other breweries in, yeah. in town. Um, so when a brewery opens in a, in a neighborhood, the people that live in that neighborhood, get exposed to the world of craft beer yeah. and then they venture out of their neighborhood to other craft breweries and check those out. Mm. And, um, that's something that, um, it's just like exponential, just multiplies and multiplies. Yeah. Uh, and so it's not something that is, mm. um, it, the competition is not really there. It's, there's okay. one competition that we have yeah. and that is, um, the 80 something percent of the beer market that consumes, uh, one p- specific product, yeah. um, from really now, one specific company um in 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 those customers you don't need much of those customers 80 percent of the yeah. world or whatever right. you know yeah, like you sure. just only need a handful of those to yeah. sustain our business <laughs> um so when you have uh little neighborhood spots opening up and they open up people's eyes to the little uh community that we have and yeah. they try other breweries that's a one millionth of a percent of that 83 percent of the world that will come to craft breweries and it yeah. just it just keeps multiplying and um i know that um data wise um the uh craft beer market uh, nationwide is um slowed from what we saw for a decade of uh, double digit growth hmm. um to uh you know a single single digit growth five percent or so growth wow. but most of that growth um hmm. is the regional breweries have slowed their growth quite a bit they're pr- most of the big regional breweries are, are pretty much flat not okay. all of them but some are most are flat yeah overall um except for ones that are that have opened up in markets that don't have craft beer yeah um and really um what happens i think is even though they're expanding their markets um breweries that open in small towns mm-hmm. um the regionals lose that customer sort of in a way yeah. so the big regionals are feeling it from the the 83% of consumers that, that, that consume Budweiser. So they're feeling it from Budweiser type pro- products. And they're right. also feeling it from um, the really small guys that um, have like a really strong community around them, you know, because yeah. when you, when you go outside of your neighborhood now, you're not really a local beer anymore. So it's right. a little bit of a different thing. Uh, albeit wonderful beers, but um, uh, yeah, I think that um, I went on a tangent. I'll stop talking. No, that's cool, man. I love that answer because it's like, it's the same thing that Mike, uh, big Mike at IBU says, you know, he doesn't feel that he's competing against you or talking cursive or anybody like that. He feels like all of you are trying to go after, you know, Budweiser. A millionth of a percent of their market right. is enough to sustain the 7,000 breweries in, in yeah. the United States. I think about that with the Eat Local CMY card sales all the time. I'm like, there's 300,000 people in, like, central New York, Onondaga County, whatever the number is. Like, 
if I get 2% of those people, I'm set. Yeah. Like, I can just quit my job, just do this full time, you know. Just make cards all day. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just in my, with my dog, just pressing cards out now. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Yeah. And I think that is also, that's also a thing um, that kind of like ripples into other businesses too. Because as people start to get into more, like, because breweries are very local centric. um, But, you know, like, um, so as that, um, becomes part of it. You also have other establishments that do local, um, type products and, and, and stuff that are not a part of a, a big corporation or, or whatever. Not that I have anything really against it. It's just, this yeah. is how it works. It's the small businesses also of like restaurants and, you know, little boutiques with dresses and stuff. You start to have a community of people that, um, just start to just buy from right around here, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's, um, I think that's a really cool thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, what is it? The uh, tide raises all boats, uh, whatever that saying is. Um, Sinks all ships? Yeah, something. That's what I feel like. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Actually, it's funny. I just started getting into this weird thing on YouTube, watching videos of people who make, like, long sailing shit, like, uh, voyages by themselves. And I just found this guy who just sailed. Not that I'm, I mean, it's crazy for me to think about, but I'm sure in the world of sailing, it's not. He just sailed a 35-foot boat from Los Angeles to Hawaii by himself and then documented the whole thing and put it on YouTube. It's pretty interesting. Nothing to do with local breweries or sporting local. Of, but it's a pretty interesting thing to watch. It's, it's a pretty monastic kind of trip, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like it was over 30 days. I think so, I'd, I'd have way too much time to look inward. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, without uh, a doubt. I ended mean, up jumping yeah. off the boat. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. He was—you'd uh, think somebody who would do that would have zero issues with seasickness, and he—that wasn't the case for him. He had to wear like the seasick patches, and I think wow. he ran out like the last two days. So, like the last two days were pretty rough. Wow. Yeah, but pretty interesting. <laughs> And he was like drinking scotch in one of the clips, you know, I'm just thinking that would be a dangerous, you know, you're out in the ocean, can't see land. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a dangerous situation. Yeah. So what's, uh, I mean, you guys do, I'm really interested in the fact that, you know, like you have the barrel aged and everything like that. I mean, for me, as somebody who like creates things, uh, granted, not anywhere near to this level, but somebody who creates something, if I like edit a photo of a restaurant I want to promote or like put together like a little promo video like this, like this podcast, for example, um, I'm not going to release until the first week in September because we just took like July and August off of the podcast. And, um, that's going to be really difficult for me to not go home right after this, edit it and then put it out there. Um, just that's, if I create something, I want to get it out immediately and see what it does. So I'm really intrigued by people, uh, who can, like with your beer, put that in a barrel and then let that sit and wait, you know, for, I mean, you guys are going for sometimes like 12 months. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, minimum usually, okay. um, a couple of our really lighter barrel aged beers do turn around in about eight, eight or so months. Okay. Um, but generally we're blending a beer that is 12 months with a beer that's about 18 months. Okay. Uh, so somewhere in that range mm-hmm. is kind of where they start to hit their sweet spot, but it also depends on temperature and the, the you know the time of year that we brew it because sometimes mm-hmm. if we brew it in the summer um the beer will gen, gen, uh, generally uh develop more acidity just okay. because we don't have temper, temperature control on, on like the barrel room or anything yeah. like that so uh we do generally uh develop more acidity okay when you develop a lot of acidity up front you don't really get a lot of uh yeast character out of those beers mm-hmm. they can, tend to just kind of taste sour yeah um which is not really what our goal mm-hmm. our goal is more to just um create a balanced complex beer mm-hmm. uh when you brew like in like you know november on um you get a lot of uh, more characterful uh beers uh, from mm-hmm. yeast character uh, because it doesn't get as sour mm-hmm. um I'll spare you the science, I suppose. But, no, I mean, um, you know, yeah, yeah, so there, you there's thing, talk about it, whatever. Um, there's a uh, well, yeast. Um, what happens with uh, beer when yeast uh, ferments it? It drops the pH down, mm-hmm. and then all, um, so it produces acid, drops the pH down, drops out minerals, mm-hmm. um, and that um, preserves the beer uh, from spoilers that um, 
would uh, kill us. Yeah. You know, it's part of the reason why beer was so prevalent during um, certain times in uh, mm-hmm. human history. Civilization didn't have clean water, so they sanitized water by um, mm. putting barley malt in it, oh, which wow. would ferment and drop the pH. I mean, they probably didn't have a pH meter, I, yeah, I would right. assume, <laughs> during the plague. <laughs> but um, fermented beverage is, is, is um, a safe uh, mm. source of, of, of drink. Um, but uh, when, when, you, when, you sour, when you sour something, um, that yeast um, doesn't have a chance to uh, produce. Because if the bacteria sours at first, the yeast doesn't have a chance to produce mm-hmm. acid. It also doesn't produce a thing called acetyl-CoA, okay. which is um, something that um, the yeast uses to combine um, an acid that it produces with an, alco- with an alcohol that it produces. Mm-hmm. And when they combine them, they make what's called an ester. And the ester is uh, what makes... Uh, uh, kind of the like peachy aromas okay. or um, you know just um, pineapple like aromas yeah. uh, in beer um, mm. you know fruity kind of characters and ales mostly not yeah. lagers and lagers they try and avoid that yeah um, but um, so uh, when you have a beer that sours right away it's very difficult to get yeast character so mm. waiting a uh, 12 months and then 18 months with our long winters mm. we get some very characterful beer mm. but then we don't have temperature control so we get some pretty sour beer in the summer mm. so uh mm. the sour beer takes longer to develop yeast character and really oftentimes really doesn't mm. so what we do is uh we, we blend um a couple of different batches from different mm-hmm. barrels uh and just kind of so this barrel is a little more hay and barnyard funky than this one is very tart. Hmm. Um, and then these sort of mineral kind of, and then we have some barrels that don't show any character, whether it be sour or yeast character. For some reason, they kind of just are a little more neutral. Hmm. We kind of think of those beers as like spacing out a beer hmm. or like, you know, you're in coffee. Um, like sometimes what we'll do with um, certain beers, even just ales, is we'll put soda water in it. Okay. And soda water um, waters it down, yeah. but it also acts as kind of like a, a spacer. Yeah. So it kind of spaces out flavors. Hmm. So you can kind of find them. It doesn't t- really taste all that great, but you can right. see what's there more if it's like hmm. a broader like yeah. um, canvas, I guess, in your mouth. Okay. Um, so, uh, so we do have beers that we do that to kind of... Um, Simplify beers because sometimes yeah. when you have okay, this one's a really nice flavor. This one's got a nice acidity. This one's got a nice character. Um, this one's very floral. This one's mineral. This one's hey, you put all those together and layer them. Sometimes then those layers are right on top of each other, mm. and like even though I know what went in it, it's yeah. almost hard to distinguish. You know. Okay. Um, so like um, we have some beer that's um, kind of just um, barrels that we don't add bacteria um, to mm. uh, or even um, wild yeast, although it's in there. Yeah. We don't have we don't push for it and. Um, <clears throat> that gives us a, like a little bit more of a, a broader thing. But so, mm. but as far as like your question about like, how can I wait that long? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm so busy. So it's sometimes I don't <laughs> even think about it. Um, and so, but uh, yeah, and, I, and I've been doing it for about 10 years. So yeah. it's, it's not something that like, like when I first started doing it, I would taste them and like, <laughs> like, you know, you know, my carboys at home yeah. and I would be like, Oh man, yeah, this doesn't taste good at all. And then I uh, tasted like four months later, and it's like, oh yeah, I guess I am supposed to wait a year. So like, then you wait a year, and then you wait, a, and then then you're like, I need to forget about it, and then it becomes vinegar, and you're like, yeah. oh, that didn't work. Uh, but yeah, we we do dump about ten uh, percent of our barrel aged beer because it really? does turn to uh, flavors that really don't uh, don't belong in beer. Yeah, uh, vinegar being one. Uh, acetic acid is produced when uh, Brettanomyces, which is one of our yeasts, um, mm. uh, metabolizes um, ethanol. Uh, okay. um, wow. And when exposed to oxygen, it'll go after the ethanol and break it down into um, wow. both um, uh, acetic acid and ethyl acetate, which mm. is, ethyl acetate is like a nail polish. Okay. And acetic acid is, is vinegar, oh. um, which is great on, on, you know, French fries and fish and chips. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no. So, uh, uh, malt vinegar is uh, a character that we actually do blend into our beer purposefully. Hmm. Um, it's a very sharp and aggressive acidity. Yeah. Um, but at a certain level, it can kind of burn your throat. Yeah. Um, so we put it in, uh, we, we do end up uh, putting a, a portion of those barrels, um, uh, use them almost like salt or okay. like seasoning. Um, and you just put a small amount into um, a blend and mostly our darker beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, cause it kind of hides a little bit behind the richness of those beers. Yeah. And um, it kind of just adds another level of like complexity and like mm. tartness that's unique, you know, the different level, the different types of acids all react differently, you know, yeah. in your mouth. But um, mm. so um, yeah, man, I don't know. You just wait a long time and it comes <laughs> out. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Are you? I'm just curious. Listening to that, are you really? Uh, do you get into like uh, sourdough breads and things like that? Yeah. So one of the things about, like I said, I'm kind of into Scandinavian uh, yeah. culture, both in beer and and just like you know, like culture, I guess, in yeah. general, I suppose. But um, we actually. Um, one of the things that our yeast is um, produ- used to produce in in Norway is um, bread as well. They, yeah. in, in Norway, a lot of Scandinavia, they use their their beer yeast uh, universally mm. in bread as well. Really? Yeah, and mm. um, it uh, it works phenomenally well. Oh, I bet. Uh, so good. And uh, mm. I've even taken experiments where I just take a little bit of beer that's already been packaged. You know, our beer our beer's unfiltered, so it comes okay. with the yeast in it. Um, cool. So when we we just um, pour a little bit of beer into a bowl of flour and it takes off right away, oh, wow. faster than any dried bread yeast you yeah. can ever <laughs> ma- find. And uh, huh. we've shared that around town, uh, and uh, some other um, spots as far as collabs are, are coming up. That um, there's going to be some breads that are produced by oh, uh, awesome. by local breweries that are, are using um, our beer yeast, which is yeah. um, I don't have an oven, so I have to beg yeah. people to make bread with my <laughs> yeast, like people that really know how to make bread. Right. For sure. uh, and there's been a couple of uh, breads produced that have come my way that uh, are, are, are getting there and, and uh, mm. we're going to have a, a cool little bread collab with uh, oh. some some beers. That'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah that'll be really cool. So uh, is there a favorite beer that you've ever had that you just like stands out in memory like that is the beer that uh, just you think back, it's like that's the best beer I've ever had? Something that you haven't made, by the way. Yeah, Buried Acorn Hot Whip. Yeah. It's available at every uh, establishment in town. It's just very delicious. It's, it changed my yeah. life. It elevated me to another level. I, I have uh, a new level of thinking now because of it. And that's that's, that's it. Good. Yeah, yeah. No. no, so I, I, I don't know, man. You know, um, I would say thinking way back, yeah. you know, like as a kid sneaking Saranac okay. in Utica Club, you know, those kind of beers. <laughs> uh, those were, like, probably the most memorable yeah. of, like, as far back as I can think. Yeah. Um, and then probably um, Dogfish Head in Rehoboth, you know, like, uh, yeah. I spent a lot of time in Delaware for for a little okay. bit. And uh, I ended up, uh, you know, passing out face down in their shrubs a couple of times. And I was like, what's this craft beer? It's really strong, you know? <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And uh, so th- those were those were beers that, that really struck me. Um, yeah. But uh, I would say, like, the ones that really got me into beer were, like like I said, imports at the time yeah. because there really wasn't craft yet. Yeah. Uh, they had microbrews, mm-hmm. uh, which is like <laughs> kind of like a term that kind of got lost somewhere. Right. Um, but... <laughs> the yeah the the imports were really what what got me like uh Cantillon yeah um Bel- Belgian beer Chimay uh beers um but you know I I have this conversation with a lot of beer people mm-hmm. um I'm not much of like a whale hunter or something like okay. that they call it when you like go and seek out beers yeah. uh people bring me beers like really fancy stuff that they pay a lot of money for. And they're like, here, try this beer. Like you, you know, like, like I know about it or yeah. something like that. <laughs> and I've heard of these breweries and, and whatnot, but I'm like, yeah, I never had that one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, like I don't have an app to track my yeah, stuff because right. that's not like how I grew up. Okay. Um, and so I don't like, no, I, I, uh, maybe I had that beer. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, so I don't have like a, a extreme exposure to like right. all of mm. the beers that exist. Um, yeah. Working at a brewery in Chicago, I, I was able to experience oh, a yeah. lot of beer, um, but it was mostly beer from down the road. Yeah. You know? uh, and uh, hmm. yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess, I guess that's, I don't really have a specific beer. No, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. You said you're talking about sneaking beers. I don't, it just reminded me we, we used to, my family used to rent this place uh, from friends in Skinny Atlas Lake every year. And the family, people we rented from had this huge compound. It was like five condos. <clears throat> and so we, I'd snuck beers from like one of them, like one of the other families. And I'm pretty sure they were like just Labatt Blue or something. But uh, me and a buddy, we, the camp was on a point. And so at the point, you would walk out and then it would just drop off like 100 feet down. And so we had taken the beers, put them in like a grocery bag and tied some rocks to them and then like went out there and swam down like halfway down, you know, like not halfway down, but it was like 20 feet or something like that. And just kind of like buried the bag there. And then we went like, I think it was the next day we swam back out there, went down and got them and came up and we're like floating in the water, like trying with our backs to the camp. 
drinking a bat blue. That sounds, that, that sounds like, well, can we go there right now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was my first I have experience. a brew to finish, but uh, <laughs> after I'm done brewing, I, I'd love to experience yeah. that. Yeah. That was uh, my... Speaking of brew, you want another beer? Uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, thank you. Okay. I'm, I'm trying, only because I'm doing this thing, I'm like trying to fast certain days. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. Yeah, I'll like, did you? For like three days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like every two days or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so I do it basically uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Except yesterday, I uh, didn't care, and so oh, yeah. now I'm like trying to fast a little bit yeah. today. You know, they say like they say really we're you know the whole three meal concept, and then even like the ones that are like no, you should have twelve small meals a day, like that's not normal for I guess you know uh, humans. Yeah, uh, you know, or like throughout history, we're used to like you have maybe one big meal a day, or you know something like that. You know, you're out there like hunting or gathering or whatever. And uh, so we're not really accustomed to three meals a day. So I'm trying to like get on this track of that. Like I never eat three meals a day. Really? Never. No. Yeah. Maybe it's just because of the busy. Instagram account. I'm like, you know, constantly looking for things that I can go take pictures of. Um, and so that's why I'm more inclined to it. But yesterday I had to drive to Binghamton first thing in the morning and I went through a drive through and got a cup of coffee and. I wasn't hungry, and then as soon as I got the coffee, I was like, yeah, I need a bagel. <coughs> so, yeah, the Friday fast day was over, so I'm trying to do good today. But, yeah, and that's actually all I got for you in the podcast. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. There it is, there it is, there it is. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. A couple other things. Don't forget head over to eatlocalcmy.com pick up your second edition of the eat local cmy card today 20 percent of all sales are going to support helping hounds dog rescue mark your calendars september 22nd it's a sunday it's gonna be from 12 to 3 we're gonna be having a launch party at ibu brewery with some food trucks august 22nd sunday 12 to 3 at ibu launch party for the next eat local cmy card you don't want to miss it. There's going to be food. There's going to be beer. There's going to be Eat Local CMY cards. We're going to be raffling off $200 in restaurant gift cards. So make sure that you have that on your calendars. So don't forget, head over to SrirachaBox.com today to get your hands on the first ever Sriracha Q's Sriracha Box subscription. Follow Eat Local CMY on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. Yes. TikTok and head over to eatlocalcmy.com. Pick up your card today.